both my parents no, don't sing. Mm-hmm. So I feel like maybe it was somewhere on my dad's side because my dad was like, well, I was in choir, but I never really sang. And my mom uh, joined her church choir and she's like, can you give me lessons? And I was like, sure. And I was like, whoa, definitely did. I love you, mom, but definitely did not get my voice from her. <laughs> Hello, listeners of B-Side. Today, we have Christina Kang with us today. Hi, Christina. Hey, hello. Um, so we're just going to get right into it. Um, Christina, I know you're a teacher. How's your summer going? It's been amazing. It's been so nice. So <laughs> restful. <laughs> so needed. Yeah. What's like your favorite thing about the summer so far? Um, just being with my dog. Oh, and yeah. playing with my fur baby because, mm-hmm. you know, I have three kids and they're all pretty much grown, uh-huh. um, 21, 18, and 15. So they are self-sufficient and just want to do their own thing. So my fur baby, Momo, my little Cavapoo, is um, my love. So he cuddles with me and we play. So it's been nice just like having the summer to spend with him and he's like in heaven having me home yeah yeah <laughs> i met momo once and i'm having a bragging moment right now momo really liked me when um i first went there so that was really awesome he did i love the validation of fur babies <laughs> and i must say he doesn't like everybody oh so that's a reflection on you wow even more hey guys are you listening man <laughs> I'm just a fur baby person, I guess. Bring your dogs. There you go. There <laughs> I'm you just go. kidding. But yeah. Um, when does school start up for you? I have to go back August 7th, 16th or 17th. Oh, that's coming up. It's coming up soon. And then um, that following week, school will actually start like on Thursday for our students. I'm in LCPS. So we actually start a little later, I think it was, in FCPS. Just like oh. a couple of days later. Okay, okay. Yeah. Um, Christina, what do you teach? I teach elementary school music. Oh my gosh. Yes. I still remember my elementary school music teacher's name. Shout out to Mrs. Slack. Um, <laughs> Very nice. <laughs> she was a wonderful lady. I always had fun in music class. I'm sure the kids will be like that. Like the kids will think that about you. I hope so. <laughs> I try to make it fun. <laughs> yeah. Oh, what's your least favorite lesson to teach? And then like favorite lesson to teach? My least favorite lesson to teach sometimes actually is recorders. Mm. Just because it can grate on you after a while. Yeah. That sound. I bet. Um, my most favorite lesson, I actually really love it when we do our unit on um, the musical time periods, historical time periods, because oh. I'm also a bit of a history nerd. And before teaching music, I taught um, sixth grade uh, social studies for mm-hmm. about four years in FCPS. So that kind of combines my like love of music and love of history. And I totally geek out. Um, but So that's my favorite unit to teach. All right. Do the kids seem as interested in this music history? So I think they do, unless they're totally just faking it because they want to pass. <laughs> um, I try to make it really, really fun for them because mm-hmm. I know history can be like super boring. And they're probably like, why do I care about music? But <clears throat> we play games. We do like I actually bring in like arts and crafts for them to do oh, for the different periods yeah. um, and watch like cool little clips and then learn music from that time period. So this is my first year teaching elementary music after kind of a break. So it seemed to go well this last year. So we'll see. We'll see this year how it goes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, as we're talking, it reminded me, um, how is your throat doing? Oh, yes. It is feeling really great because um, I had vocal notes. I had Right. Yeah. You. I was like, you want to tell us the background? Yeah. yeah I was yeah. having... Some vocal issues since I would say like January, February time frame. Mm-hmm. And I thought because I had gotten sick, so I had a really bad cough. And then right after that, the allergy season this year, I think just crushed everybody in Virginia. So then that I was having issues. So I was just constant. I was in a constant state of pain, like this dull pain. Yeah. And um, and then it just sort of increased where I when I would talk or sing, it felt like a tear like this, like 
excruciating tear pain. And then I went, I need to go see a specialist. Yeah. So I went and he, you know, stuck that camera down your nose, which was really uncomfortable. It was kind of cool seeing the video. And then you could see your vocal cords. And I was like, fascinating. And I wanted to ask him to record it so I could show my students. <laughs> but I didn't get a chance to. <laughs> then I told my husband that and he's like, you're weird. I'm like, That's why I'm a music teacher. Um, yeah, he was like, oh, yeah, you had an ulcer. And anyways, long story short, um, before I'd gone to see the specialist, because it takes forever to be seen, and I put myself on vocal rest. Mm-hmm. And um, I think it was just a combination of back to teaching, teaching music. I'm singing and talking all day. Right. And then, you know, singing on praise team. So I think – and then being sick and allergies, I think it was just like the firestorm of – like not being healthy for my vocal cords. And so I had two little baby nodes on it and then the um, ulcer on my vocal cords that started was starting to heal. So Yeah. Um, tell us about the hole in your nose. Oh, my God. <laughs> this was so fascinating, guys. Okay. So he puts the little camera down your nose. Well, first they spray this numbing spray up, which was weird, but then it was actually kind of cool. And then um, he puts the camera in and – you know, you have like these cavities in your nose. He goes, that's, that's interesting. And it was this little itty bitty hole. He goes, what's interesting? He goes, that hole. I'm like, is that hole not supposed to be there? He goes, nope. (laughs) So I was like, should I be concerned by this? And he was like, um, well, have you had surgery before? And I've had, I had major like oral surgery when I was 18. So he goes, it could be from that. If you haven't had any major issues, I wouldn't be too concerned right now. So I was like, all right. And then I found out I had a deviated septum. So that was what I was actually the most fascinated <laughs> with. I immediately like called my husband. I was like, I've got a hole in my nose. My husband's like, yeah, we, we have two. Everybody has two holes in their nose. I'm like, yeah, I've got an extra one. He was just like, who did I marry? <laughs> then I tell everybody at our brain steam practice. I was like, guess what? I have an extra hole in my nose. Because I found it absolutely fascinating. Yeah. I, I feel like, like, maybe I that means I could breathe better, but no, I don't no, think so. No <laughs> special benefits of having that extra hole. None whatsoever. Besides Dang. having actual, you know, I've had like sinus issues mm-hmm. um, for years. And, I, and he was like, yeah, that's probably it because of that extra little hole, like, you know, having just bad allergies, sinus issues and stuff. And your deviated septum, I'm like. All right. Yeah. Cool. Cool, cool, cool. What was the oral surgery for? So when I was a teenager, um, I had really like my jaws were misplaced. So they like basically reconstructed my jaws and oh, moved wow. my lower jaw so it would be placed correctly. And then the top of my mouth um, was too narrow. So they like this is really gross, but actually fascinating as well. They cut the top of the roof of my mouth and then spread it to shape it like more normal of like a U shape. Uh-huh. And then like took bone fragments from here and there and kind of reconstructed it. Oh my gosh. Yeah. When I was after my senior year of high school in England and I was like, all right, I had a wire in my mouth shut. So like for two weeks, I could only eat through a straw. And, um, and then I think like, well, before that, this is actually a pretty funny story. Before that, I had to get my molars removed mm-hmm. because, you know, you have to get those done before you get major work done. And then had my molars removed, <clears throat> not pulled, or well, yeah, pulled out. And then I think like a few days later, my family and I, we went on a trip to Paris, mm-hmm. but I was still really swollen and a lot of pain. So they gave me these really great like painkillers. So every time <laughs> it was like, it was starting to wear off and I was getting grumpy. My, all my family members would be like, take your happy pill. <laughs> I'm like, <"Meh." laughs> Okay. Did you feel a difference in your, I guess, everyday life or, you know, just like everyday things after that surgery? I did not. Oh. That's the weird thing. Like, well, the big thing actually is like my jaw wouldn't – because the big thing was my jaws – my jaw would click all the time. Oh. And um, and then like my two front teeth didn't really quite touch. Okay. So obviously that went away. But like I didn't notice a difference in my singing because I was singing yeah. even then. Um, I didn't notice a big difference in my singing to be quite honest. I didn't notice a big difference in like my voice. Um. 
I don't think it like changed my face shape, but you would think it would because yeah. you're dealing with your jaw. Maybe I should go back and look at pictures. <laughs> I'm like, huh. But I was actually 17 at the time. So okay. I was still pretty young. Yeah, yeah. So so I'm going to expose you a little bit. Yes. But you guys, Christina was an ex-opera singer. I was. Hence her beautiful voice on stage was almost every Sunday. Um, could you tell us about that? Like, how did you even discover the interest and the passion for opera and yeah. what led you to kind of pursue that? So I always have loved singing. I mean, they, my parents are like, you came out of the womb singing. <laughs> um, they have pictures of me. I was just like, what are you going to be? I'm like, uh, and it was always, I'm going to be like a doctor and a singer. I'm going to be a policewoman and, and a singer. It was always this, 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 and a singer. Mm-hmm. So I've always been singing. Um, so, you know, started like most, I think kids do, um, doing choirs. Right. And then my dad was military, so we moved around a lot. Mm-hmm. And um, depending on where we lived, did some like children's theater stuff. Um, but it wasn't until I got into middle school that I started taking some voice lessons because a choir teacher was sort of like, hey, I, you have some like you have some talent. So why don't you learn how to sing classical music? <clears throat> And even then, I wasn't thinking opera because right. actually, ironically, I don't enjoy listening <laughs> to opera music. Um, I, I love classical music. I think that's your hot take. Like you're an ex-opera singer yeah. and you don't like listening to opera. I don't opera. really like listening to opera. Um, so <laughs> it's kind of weird. Um, but so I started learning classical technique mm-hmm. that way. Mm-hmm. And then when I went to college, <clears throat> I actually had planned on just majoring in music education. Um, I had just always thought I'm going to be a music teacher. Um, and then I had a voice teacher that was like, no, you need to be a vocal performance major. You need to sing opera. You need to do opera. And I went, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I am going to be a famous opera singer. Um, so that's how I really got into opera was um, when I started college. Um, had again had done classical training I think starting my like eighth grade year but really got into opera in college started doing you know different vocal competitions different internships and then when I graduated um, I actually got married fairly young my husband was in the military as well uh-huh. ironically but was how old were you enough, when you got married? I was 20. Wow. <laughs> Very young yeah, when I got yeah. married. Um, <clears throat> totally not planned, but, apparent, you know, God has a plan. So, um, and his plan is always perfect. 23 years later, <laughs> we're still going strong. Um, but I was really lucky that through, even though we were kind of hopping around with him being in the military and being stationed places, that I was able to kind of get work with different smaller opera companies or theater companies doing either musical theater or opera in mm-hmm. that way. How big would you say the industry is? It is – well, I've been out of the industry for 20-some-odd years. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's it's pretty big. Okay. You, you know, you can scrape by and make a living doing little – Little opera companies here and there, regional mm-hmm. opera companies, is which which is what I did. Um, and who knows, had I kept going, maybe I could have gone to a bigger opera house. <clears throat> but that was not my path, mm-hmm. and that was okay. But the opera world, I think, has changed from when I started. Is probably very very different. Mm-hmm. Um, so when I had started out especially in college, it was you either did musical theater or you did opera and you did not intermix the two. I see. I see. Yeah. So I was that oddball that was like, I'm going to do both musical theater and opera. And people were like, what? (laughs) 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 But I loved both. I always had loved Broadway. Musical theater actually was sort of like my first. I loved listening to Mm -hmm. musical theater. Phantom of the Opera, Les Mis, Oklahoma, all those. Yes, yes, yes. That was my thing. I would have rather listened to that than listen to opera. opera. (laughs) Yeah. So, (laughs) and even now, there are some vocalists that I enjoy listening to, but 
just sitting and listening to like a full opera is not something that I would really do, mm-hmm. <laughs> to be quite honest. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. What are some like memorable experiences that you have from your time like performing on stage or like being in those productions? Yeah. My most memorable would be when um, I had my my two older ones, Colin and Kira, when they were just little, um, taking them with me to rehearsals and having them with me. Yeah. And because my husband was either deployed or he was TDY because he was in the Air Force. He was a fighter pilot. Uh-huh. So, um, you know. He, I couldn't be like, hey, you need to watch the kids because he's like, uh, I have, I'm on a plane. I'm on a plane, you know. <laughs> so having them with me were always was just like the greatest memories. And for me, like if I, um, for example, I I worked for uh, had a contract, a six month contract for a small little opera company in the Pacific Northwest area in Seattle, and so I took my two kids with me. Um, we were stationed in uh, Germany at the time. Oh, wow. So I packed up. Luckily, my family lives in the area. Uh-huh. Packed up my two kids and was like, see ya to my husband. <laughs> yeah, like, bye. <laughs> and everybody, you know, there in the squadron, they're like, what is she doing? What is, <laughs> huh? Um, uh, and we'd like, see ya. I'll be back in like six or seven months. And, you know, I was really blessed that he was really supportive of that. Um, and so those were really good memories. Um, one really funny memory I had um, before then when we were, we were stationed in South Carolina and uh, we lived in this small little podunk town, but we were, I was about 45 minutes away from Columbia, which was like the big, big quote unquote city in, mm-hmm. in South Carolina. And um, I was doing a show and um, I could not, I had daycare, but for whatever reason, I can't remember now. It's been so long. Yeah. My, dad, my daycare couldn't take him. It was during the show. Oh, my gosh. And so <laughs> I had to, but I had great backstage hands and all like the chorus girls loved my son, Colin. So they would like take him. But at one point he was just really fussy. So I literally just baby bjorned him. And this particular scene, um, it was like Victoria, England. Uh-huh. So I had like a cape. So I remember doing that one act, that one scene in that at this act with my son no way. in the baby Bjorn, like passed out with the cape over him, and just being like, "Don't wake up! Don't wake up! Don't wake up!" <laughs> did they allow that, or were you? Did you like just sneak that? Like, they, I, how did you pull that they off? Allowed it. I mean, I had really great directors and that were like, yeah, yeah. you know, and stagehands, and and like I said, like my one stagehand. Luckily, Colin loved him. And so, you know, I'd be like, la, 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 sing. And then I'd run off. And if I had, you know, a little bit of a break, uh-huh. he'd be like, here. And I'd be like, okay, got to feed him. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I was going to ask you how yeah. you balanced working kids. But I guess this is yeah. how you did it. It was, pretty, Super it was pretty crazy. But, you know, uh, obviously, I didn't stick with it. Um, it. It just turned out after I had my daughter and that, that last one in Seattle, that opera company, that six-month stint. When I went home, you know, I had to really pray about, is this the path that I'm supposed to be? Because Mm -hmm. I am a married woman. I have two kids. And I just spent the last six to seven months away from my husband. My kids are away from their dad. Is it really worth, is this really worth, like, kind of separating our family um, for this? And prayed about it a lot. Had a lot of conversations with um, my husband, and ultimately, no, I was like, "This is, this is not what I meant to do." I, God put it on my heart. That's not the path you're meant to be. Yeah. And so, um, had an offer to go back with that opera company, and um, do a lead role in Madame Butterfly. Oh my and gosh. I had, to, I was like, oh my gosh, like a dream role. Yeah. And I was like, I can't. And that was it. That was when I knew I'm done. So I essentially sort of retired <laughs> from yeah. performing and and went, all right, so um, this is it. I'm not going to do that. It was hard, too, for you know a few years. I was actually kind of really sort of like sad and a little bit resentful. Like, why did I have to give up my career? Mm-hmm. But I went back to school, got my master's in education, you know, started teaching and I've just loved I, I love teaching yeah so. I mean like you know in the time when you were praying about it thinking about it talking about it with your husband like mm-hmm. was it easy to get there like were you was it easy to be like you know 
coming from a neutral place, like a logical place, or were you very like, I don't want to do this, but I'm yeah talking it, it about was it, not easy. about it. Yeah, yeah. I didn't want to do it because mm. that had been, um, you know, I got married very young and I hadn't expected to do that. You know, I, I really went into school. Um, actually, you know, when I met my husband, um, I was actually getting ready to transfer to NYU. Like I had this path. Wow. And I always told my sister, I'm going to be the cool aunt and I'm yeah. going to be the performer aunt. I'm not going to get married. I'm not going to have kids. <laughs> and um, so, you know, again, God has other plans and I don't don't regret it now. But at the time, you know, I had been working really hard for this goal. And this goal was to be a professional opera singer. Mm-hmm. Um, this goal was to, you know, not do these little recitals, little regional theaters and get to a big major opera company, which that was going to be the next step of working with the Seattle Opera. And you kind of finally get there and you see it and then you have to go, maybe no. Yeah. (laughs) When you kind of see it within your reach. Yeah. So it was not easy. I was really bitter. I was really kind of angry. But even with that, I knew God, what God was telling me. And I was like, but I don't want to, God. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it literally was this debate like, I don't, I don't, I don't want to. But you're telling me that I, you're, you're putting it on my heart that mm-hmm. I need to, you know. Um, so it was hard. I, it was, I felt very torn. I yeah. felt very torn in two, you know. When you made that decision to say no to the offer, though, yeah. did you ever think about um, going back? Or like, you know, you're like, oh, maybe I can go back after a I thought, you know, time. I toyed I toyed with that. And I, you know, and my husband, you know, was so great was saying, you can always go back. You can always go back. Mm-hmm. But in the back of my head, I knew I can't. Because in the inter- entertainment industry, uh-huh. even in opera, musical theater, even in that, right. there, there's there's an expiration date. There, re- there really is. So you have older sing- singers but they've been doing it. They've established their career. Mm-hmm. So you're not going to have, you know, 30, 40 year old coming in to try to establish their career when they have young 20 something year olds who can do it. Um, and, and it takes a lot of work. It's, it's, you're, you're an athlete. It took years of me vocally training, practicing every day for hours and hours and hours with multiple vocal coaches um, dialect coaches, you know, yeah. it just takes a lot. So kind of going, taking a break and then thinking, oh, let me get back into it. I was like, oh, oh no, I'm too old for this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, 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 that should have failed. Yeah, you know? I never thought of it as it being like a sport. But when you put it that way, like mm-hmm. that makes so much sense for me, like yeah. in my head, yeah. So so when people hear that nowadays, like, oh, you were an opera singer, sing opera. I'm like, I, I can't. Yeah. I was an opera singer. I could kind of sing classical if I warmed up and practiced, but I will never, I will never have the opera voice now that I had then in my twenties, because again, I was in primo shape. I, Mm -hmm. again, I was in the height of my like physical vocal, um, conditioning, you know, I I just won't be because I haven't kept up with that sort of singing. And also I'm older. (laughs) So your, your vocal cords, your vocal cords change. Yeah. Um, what was like a memorable coach or dialect coach, like vocal trainer, um, memorable or favorite, maybe even least favorite. I don't know. Um, I really loved, it was a vocal, vocal coach that I had. His name was Richard DeRosa. Um, and he was mostly for musical theater, but he was just, I um, met with him working in, uh, South Carolina and he always just knew how to describe things in a way to get get your voice to where it needed to be for oh. that particular song or yeah. for that particular style of music. What was like a moment you remember? Like you were kind of struggling here and then he s- explained it in a way and you were like, bam. There are too many. <laughs> <laughs> where it, it, I, I really honestly can't just describe and – also remember because again it's been so long Mm -hmm. but he's just one that I remember um the vocal director uh in Seattle her name was Pamela and she was she 
loved her to death because she just believed in me so much. So I remember when I went to go and aud- audition for her, um, I was what, 20, maybe mid, mid to late 20s, mm-hmm. had my son and my daughter. And I went on a whim. I saw this audition and I'm like, all right, let's do this. Right. My mom drove me into the city. I was like, okay. And she didn't know me from Adam. Again, I, my family lives in Washington state, but I hadn't ever really lived there for Mm -hmm. any significant amount of time. And I'm just this nobody coming in. And she really saw something in me and literally just like took me under (laughs) her wing and was like, Come with me. Yeah. <laughs> let me, let me I choose you. you. I choose you. And I don't think it was because I was just this phenomenal voice because it's true when they say there's always going to be somebody better. There's always somebody better than you. Um, and in, the, in that industry of musical theater and opera, there's always somebody who looks the way the director wants or they have a particular sound that the director wants, you know. So it wasn't because like, oh, my voice was just so amazing. Mm-hmm. It was just, she just saw something that was like, I like this kid and I'm going to take her under my wing. She um, worked with um, Pavarotti. So that's, oh. and that's why I was like, oh, <laughs> you know, yeah. oh, wow, crazy, yeah. you know, because everybody knows Pavarotti, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so that was pretty fascinating, which also kind of broke my heart even more when she was like, uh, offering me this role and had worked really hard. I did the Metropolitan Opera competition uh, with her in Seattle and um, and then had to be like, I'm out. Mm. <laughs> it was a really heartbreaking decision because she had, you know, had placed so, placed so much faith in me. And then I was like, I Sorry, think I'm done. Bye. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> so, but I'm sure she's doing fine i'm sure she has found she found other people (laughs) yeah so we're you listen sopranos we're a dime a dozen we are (laughs) um i'm a huge like language person so i'm the type of person that's like i wish i could learn like every single language in the world Mm -hmm. how was that with the opera setting learning the language the dialect that was my nemesis (laughs) so every vocal director every competition I ever did they're like your tone is great blah 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 this is wonderful but your diction is horrible (laughs) and I'm like I struggle with English um I'm a hapa I spoke Konglish growing up please leave me alone so when I in college if you are a vocal performance major you have to take Um, something called vocal diction. And Mm -hmm. it's literally just a class on how to look at Italian, German, and French, the three major languages for most operas, Mm -hmm. and how to look at the word and phonetically kind of sound it out and pronounce it correctly. You don't learn the language. You have no, no clue what what you're saying besides the translation right i mean you do have to take a a year of a language Mm -hmm. i took french mind you i was so bad at french my (laughs) second semester my professor said if it was conversational time and my professor said if you don't come i will pass you with a b and i went deal (laughs) that's how bad i am at languages so (laughs) they just said don't come yeah so you would some people would be offended Mm -hmm. i went a b deal. (laughs) Not offended. I will take you up on that offer. Because I just, like I said, I do not do well with other languages. (laughs) So, um, so that had, has always been my nemesis. My pronunciation is something that I've always really struggled with. So, well, when I was, you know, performing. Mm -hmm. So it took all that was, I focused a lot on uh, going to people I knew who spoke the language or whatever, song I was singing Uh or whatever opera I was in that language and going sit down with me (laughs) and we're going word by word Word, yeah help me out (laughs) yeah um tell me what does a typical day of training look like when you're in it like when you're doing your shows or even maybe when you're in school I don't know so what does that look like for me starting with school and I kept this I mean I would Cause your your voice is your instrument, so you don't you can't overwork it. But I, you would have at least 
at least 45 minutes to an hour and a half, depending depending on your teacher, mm-hmm. you would have with your vocal professor, your vocal teacher. And then that's your lesson. And you're working on technique at different exercises. If you have arias that you're working on, you have a recital you're preparing for, you have a competition that you're preparing for. Because that's the one thing with opera too. If you're not um, when you're starting out, mm-hmm. you do you'll do competitions to try to get oh, your face shown yeah, and yeah. known and your name known for different opera houses. Yeah. Did you compete a lot? I did. Which did did you win a lot? I I did. Oh snap! Yeah. <laughs> um, but so you would have that lesson. On top of that, I personally every every day would go in and practice. For at least 45 minutes every day. So that's on top of my probably usually hour-long voice lesson. Mm-hmm. Then if you're in a show, which, which normally you are, then for rehearsals, you're in rehearsals for at least two to three hours where you're you're singing for two to three hours. Yeah. And then you kind of start that all over again. And then even after rehearsals, then you might – it doesn't happen every day, but then you might have to work with a vocal coach. So you have – your vocal, like your lesson, like your, your vocal teacher, that that's your, that's your person that you've hired, that you're paying and you go to them consistently. I see. Then you have vocal coaches that usually like the vocal directors, and then they'll come in and be like, they're the vocal coach or vocal director for that particular show, whether it's opera or musical theater. And then they'll go, Hey, we need to work on this song for this scene. Come in after on this day and let's work on it. How do you take care of your voice when you have those long days? So it's a lot of, first of all, it's knowing how to train your voice to sing correctly and to sing healthy. Mm. So that was probably the best training I could have ever gotten in college was learning how to use my voice correctly. So, and then it's a lot of drinking hot tea with honey and lemon and just not talking. (laughs) So being a teacher was not conducive. I was not teaching when I was performing. So it was a lot of my husband talking at me and I'm like, "Mm -hmm." (laughs) I'm not, you know, (laughs) (laughs) were you normally someone who would get nervous in front of crowds or at competitions or for shows in front of professors when you're getting graded or something or I did. I had, I would get nervous a lot. And that I think went away with time. That's the only thing that helped me was just kind of uh, singing in public, doing more recitals, Mm -hmm. doing more competitions, Mm -hmm. doing singing just for as many different people, vocal coaches, whatever as I could. Yeah. And getting comfortable with that. Like the experience. The experience was the only thing. Exposing yourself. Yeah. That would help me. Yeah. Um, But I remember when I first started out, I would just, I would shake actually one competition I did. um, So normally you would wear a floor length skirt. This time I wore like down to my knee. And I learned why my vocal teacher said, always wear floor length. I was doing this competition. I was singing this really high song. But I guess when I got when I get nervous, I like clench my hands and I had clenched the side of my my dress. Uh-huh. And every time I went to sing a high note, I would kind of like lift. <laughs> and, um, you know, some oh, no. other like my vocal teacher and some other students from the School of Music, they were there and they would make a face. And I, in my head, I'm like, I am killing it. <laughs> oh, my gosh. They're like making these faces like, wow, because that was their face. You know, their eyes would widen. I'm like, oh, my gosh, I'm amazing in my head. <laughs> and afterwards, my vocal teacher comes up to me and she was like, her name is Dr. Jeannie Ornelas. And she goes, um, did you know that every time you sang a high note, you hiked up your skirt or if it was a run, it would go up, 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 up. We thought you were going to flash the judges. <laughs> and I was mortified so from then on i never wore anything other than a floor length skirt or dress because that i was like oh so it wasn't because i was amazing it's because i almost (laughs) flashed the judges got it got it do you remember what you placed in that competition i placed first a, it worked. But that, the hike skirt up was just the semifinals. From there, I made it to the finals. I see. And from the finals, first. 
<laughs> That's so funny. Oh my goodness. Like outfit malfunction. <laughs> so that was the joke that whole year at our in our music at our music school too. Like just show a little bit of leg and maybe you'll win. <laughs> I was like, hey. <laughs> oh. oh my gosh. Let me catch my breath. <laughs> um whew. okay. So from what I hear, you know, it's like since day one to now. You've always been singing. Always. Like, always. It's been a part of you. Are you ever tired? Like, do you still – is it still as enjoyable and fun and, like, life-giving to you as it was then versus now? It is. It is. So, you know, for me, like, again, when I made the decision to stop performing mm-hmm. professionally, um, I was like, oh, what now? And I would sing at home, you know, in the shower in a car and would do little things here and there. But going to church, that kind of became the new avenue. Like, oh, she sings. You want to join praise team? Yeah. And so in that sense, it still brings me absolute joy. I'm not doing, you know, musical theater or opera music. I mostly when I sing now, obviously, it's, you know, praise music, which Anytime I'm singing, regardless of what the style of music is, it just makes me happy. Yeah. <laughs> I've told the praise team, like, it's my happy place. It's when I feel most like myself. Mm-hmm. It's when I feel the most connected to God. It's how I feel like I can communicate to the Lord. More so some people when they pray, mm-hmm. right, they that uh, they are just passionate prayers and they feel so connected. Not that I don't pray. I pray or try to pray every day. Um, not all the time, and to be honest. But for me, that absolute connection is when I'm singing. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't have to be on stage. Whether mm-hmm. I'm singing in my my little music room, whether I'm singing in the car, whether I'm singing in the shower, you know, it doesn't have to be I'm performing for people. Anytime I'm singing, I that's when I feel like I am com- communicating, I'm communing, I am in connection with with the Lord. Yeah. And I've always felt that even in when I was doing classical music. Um, I remember doing a competition one time and I was singing this aria from Carmen. Oh, wait. Also, um, I'm going to pause you. Yes. Could you explain to us what an aria is? An aria is basically an opera. You have different sections and the aria is like the main song. I see. So most music, if you hear pieces of music from opera, those are arias that you're hearing. Okay. It's the big solo for the tenor or the soprano mm-hmm. or, or the mezzo-soprano or the baritone. It's like the main Okay. Main solo. Okay. Thank you. So I was doing an opera and to this day, I kind of even still get a little bit emotional and um, it's uh, Jadi and it's uh, Michaela is singing and she's pleading to God. Now, Carmen does has nothing to do with religion. <laughs> it is as far from godly as you can get. She's pleading to God because she it, wants her man back. <laughs> Carmen is stealing her, her man. Yeah. But in that moment when I was singing, um, I was like in tears because I was like, that was a God moment mm. because I felt so connected. And I and I was not that was the first time that I felt no nerves in a competition. The oh, first wow. time. And I distinctly remember it still to this day. I had absolutely no nerves up until that point. Even singing, you still have these nerves. But I was so freely in the music and I knew while I was singing this aria, I was also in my head just going, thank you, God. Thank Mm. you for giving me this opportunity to sing, to share this with people. Thank you for giving me this gift because I know not everybody has this. Yeah. And I just remember thinking that while I was singing and it was just the most freeing and joyful moment I've ever had in singing and so from that point that distinct point it was a competition in was it it was in Texas and I remember from that was a turning point for me where I said whenever I sing I'm gonna do it joyously to the Lord doesn't matter if it doesn't have to be Christian you know sacred music I'm gonna sing it as praise to the Lord 
for his, your gift. For yeah. my gift. Because he has given me this gift. Yeah. You know, it's not me. Mm-hmm. It's the Lord. Mm-hmm. And from that moment, it was so freeing for me. Yeah. Where I could just be like, it's not for me. It's for God. Mm. You know? Yeah. And it was very freeing. Wow. It was really awesome. And, you know, like you mentioned, opera and leading worship might not have a lot of similarities. Like they're very different. But if you had to kind of come up with some similarities, would you say there are? There are in the sense that how I approach it is very similar to how I approached with opera. Um, Make sure when I when I'm given a song. I'm very um, reflective about the lyrics. Mm. Some people get really hung up on like the notes, which, yeah, you need to know the notes. You need to make sure you're singing <laughs> on pitch. But for me, I always make sure I really read through those lyrics and I always pray and I think, what is God wanting me to sort of not relay, but what, why th- this song has been given me to for, for, to me for a reason. Mm-hmm. So what is my purpose for in, in the sense of, I know this is for God's glory, but what is my purpose? What is God wanting me to do with this song? Mm-hmm. And I think of the lyrics. Now that I'm leading, when I pick songs, I'm very, very conscious about lyrics. Like, what do these lyrics mean within the context of what, if I, if I know the sermon, you know, what the sermon's going to be about or, you know, the subject matter, what's the meaning of it? Mm-hmm. And I pray. And I always pray, is, is this the song that I am meant to be? Are we meant to be singing the song this Sunday? Yeah. And I really believe that God will help me choose correctly. Mm-hmm. You know? So in that sense, I take, and I've always taken lyrics, even as an opera singer, even in musical theater, I always took the lyrics very, very seriously when I would prepare because that, that is the link to I'm having a moment with the audience. I'm having, I want to have a moment with our congregation because we, it's, you know, we are worshiping together. You're not just listening to me. And that's the difference with opera. In mm. opera, they're just listening. It's like a show, you it's know. It's a show. And you want to express, you want them to feel something. Right. But the cool thing about praise is that you're singing it together. Mm-hmm. So how can we have that moment together? of singing this song of praise of the, in, in praise of the Lord, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Which is really special. Yeah. Yeah. And I think like another difference is maybe like in your aria, sometimes you don't know the meaning if you don't have the translation. Yeah. Right. Um, but in praise, it's like you have to focus on the lyrics or, you know, it's very important to because it's just, it's, it's worship. Yeah. And so, yeah, I really agree with you and I resonate with, being um like really into lyrics because for me even for um like non-praise and worship songs Mm -hmm. I'm sometimes listening and I find myself singing along just because I know the tune and then I catch myself like I'm like what am I singing because like sometimes (laughs) the lyrics are just so like meaningless I don't know if you guys have ever felt this before but yeah and so um even yeah when when i'm leading or singing the praises like i really try to like digest what i'm singing because Mm -hmm. if i'm i've noticed that on the days that i am rushed or something like on the weeks that i'm rushed Mm -hmm. and i don't have time to really uh think about the lyrics and Mm -hmm. i'm just like going along musically it just feels empty yeah i don't know how to explain it but it's just like I'm just singing a shell of a song kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, it does. And one thing that I, I like to do as well, and I did both with opera and also with praise music too with the lyrics is how how does this pertain to my life experience? Mm. How does it pertain to what I know within the reality of what I've experienced in life? Yeah. You know, and I, I really try to reflect on that. Yeah. So so there are some songs that you go, oh, I really connect to this song because I it reminds me of something in my life. But there are also songs you're like, no, no, yeah. <laughs> can't relate. Yeah, can't relate. I don't yeah. get it, you know. Um, you know how you're teaching now? I mean, have you ever thought of going like being a professor for uh, classical singing or like maybe even directing operas or like becoming a director for something like that or like you know 
I did for a little while and I have given um, voice lessons mm-hmm. for other, did, did some vocal coaching for, for a little bit there. Um, for me, I, I consciously decided to kind of remove myself from that world. Um, I'll, I'll still, I'm still more than willing to do some vocal coaching, vocal lessons, even for classical vocalists. But directing in that sense, I decided not to because I kind of still in the world in that kind of world. And what I what I've learned for me is that performing world is very toxic, mm, <laughs> to, to say to- the least. Spill the tea. Tell so, us how so. It's toxic <laughs> because, first of all, a lot of people in that world music. And I'm going to say I, I clump in opera and musical theater. I actually have a lot more um, ironically experience in sort of musical theater. Mm-hmm. Um it it's very um for the lack of better word word i sinful in the sense you don't have a lot of people that are believers number mm-hmm. one mm-hmm. so they don't have that sense that same sense of um priorities right and for me i found it it fosters and again it could be different cuz i've been out of this world for a while but for me it was just a smarmy you always were it's that want me like me love me oh yeah do you you want me to be skinnier i'll lose 10 more pounds you want me to have um long hair i'll put extensions in it was always that what uh, oh i need to have what i can have blue eyes i'll get contact lenses oh i can cut my hair or i can be a blonde i can be a brunette it was in that sense of constantly wanting to have somebody validate you in that weird yeah, way. And have to fit into that mold that's given to you that's rather than you. being like, this is me. Yeah. And and that wasn't healthy. It, I found for me it was not a healthy environment for me to be in. Mm-hmm. I found ultimately it just wasn't people that I wanted as I got older and I kind of matured and grew and grew in my faith. That just wasn't an environment that I really wanted to be in anymore. Not that I love my theater people. I love my opera. I love my musicies. That's what mm-hmm. my husband still calls me. You're a musicie. <laughs> still love them. I'm not saying they're like degenerate, sinful. Not at all. It's just at that time in my life, I just needed like to get off of that train of why. And then, and then you feel like, why, why not me? Why wasn't I? Why didn't they pick me? Why right. wasn't I good enough? Right. Why, you know? It was this constant cycle of rejection, 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 rejection. Oh, I got it. This is it. The next one, rejection, rejection. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, you yeah. know, it, it's it's really kind hard. Unstable for Very your mental uns- and emotional yes. like well-being. Yeah. yeah. And so, again, maybe if – and I think God knew that that was not – if I had stayed in that world, mm-hmm. I think God knew that – the person that I am, I am a very, I wear my heart on my sleeve. I'm very <laughs> emotional. I, I try to act like I'm, you know, very tough, but I, inside I'm like, just, I'm mush, you know, and mm-hmm. I don't want to upset people. And I think he knew, Oh, if you continue down this road, you could potentially become a person that you don't want to be, Yeah, you know? Yeah. And just having oogie experiences with auditions with just oogie male directors oh, <laughs> where you're like, yeah. ah, I don't know. Yeah. I don't want to be in this environment yeah. where this swarmy, I had this swarmy director who was like, um, for a short film actually. Mm-hmm. And he was like, okay, well, I think you'd be great for the lead, but um, there's a kissing scene. So I think you, I think you need to kiss me so I can see how you do. And I was like, uh, no. no. <laughs> and literally it was like, I don't think I'm right for this then and I walked out and I was already, I had already been married for a year to my husband. Oh man. And I was like, ew. Yeah. Yeah. That's not the world I want to be in. And it, it's a lot of that, like, Hey, why don't you meet me here? And we can talk about this role. No. Yeah. Like, where not, is here? Hmm. Where is he? Well, here <laughs> would be like at a hotel. Yeah. Let's like, go have a drink or, mm-hmm. you know, and I'm like, no. Yeah. <laughs> so it does it. That's a world that I, again, I'm like, I'm a wife now. I'm a mom now. Yeah. Do I still want to be having these encounters? Yeah. And having this be sort of like my, my reality for a daily life and a career? No. 
<laughs> did you share those things with your husband or your mom or, you know, like family? Like, no, not mm-hmm. really. It wasn't until years later after I kind of got out of it yeah, that I yeah. started telling, like, was telling the story. And Dom was like, huh? Oh, you know, wow. yeah. And he was like, I, I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. But I forgot he, to mention that. <laughs> I know. But he and he's not the type that would have been like, oh, my God. He just he knew that I would. He was like, yeah, he said no. Right. I'm like, yeah, obviously. <laughs> Walked out and didn't get the role. <laughs> didn't get the part. Because <laughs> I was like, no, thank you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, you know, it that just, you know, was not was not for me. <laughs> yeah. Is, is your husband a good singer? He actually is, but he doesn't really, he'll like kind of bust out and be like, he's joking. And I'm Uh like, that's actually really good. (laughs) And he's like, no, but he actually does have a sweet little voice. Okay. Amongst your family, who do you think is like the best singer? Or maybe where did you get your musicality from? So I don't know because my, both my parents don't sing. Mm -hmm. So I feel like maybe it was somewhere on my dad's side because- my dad was like, well, I was in choir, but I never really sang. And my mom uh, joined her church choir and she's like, can you give me lessons? And I was like, sure. And I was like, whoa, definitely did. I love you, mom, but definitely did not get my voice from her. <laughs> and she'll be the first one to admit that as well. <laughs> um, so I'm thinking maybe like maybe on my dad's side somewhere, but he was a foster foster child. So don't really know okay. like his family background that okay, much. Okay. So I'm gonna assume maybe somewhere on that side. Yeah. Amongst yeah. your three kids, I mean, we've heard Kira sing. Yeah. But our um Colin and um Chloe. Chloe. Yeah. Oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. No, Chloe. Okay. I forget their names all the time too. <laughs> I uh, call I keep calling them Momo. And they're like, seriously? <laughs> like, okay. like Chloe, if you're listening, I'm sorry I didn't mean it. But yeah. <laughs> but um yeah, are they singers? So Kira and Chloe are. They really love to sing. Um, Colin is actually an instrumentalist. Oh. Um, he, not really so much anymore. Um, he, starting in sixth grade, started playing the double bass. Oh. And just, he's musically gifted in the sense that he could listen to something and then play it. Oh, wow. And he plays well and would hardly practice. And I would just be like, <laughs> if, just imagine how much better you would be if you'd practice more. You know, the classic mom. <laughs> I would think it, I would say it a couple of times, and then I would see him getting angry. And then I'd be like, okay, shut up. <laughs> um, if there was anyone that I thought could pursue, professionally I thought I it would be him I thought oh, yeah. maybe wow. he could be in an orchestra mm-hmm. um but that's that wasn't for him he didn't want to do that so I was like I'm not gonna push it um Kira and Chloe like to sing for fun but it's not they've never really shown interest of like oh I really want to pursue this and I don't think I would would have wanted them to as well to be quite honest just because again my experience in that world Mm-hmm. it's not really a world that I want for them. Yeah. Now, I don't know if they came back when they were older and they were like, oh, I want to try. I don't know. That would be an interesting conversation. But they've heard my stories now that they're older. Yeah. Um, And they're like, oh, oh, okay. You know. <laughs> I don't want that. They How like other things. your so. husband would react if they were like, oh, I want to try this? He'd be like, no. <laughs> You're going to major in like something stem (laughs) no (laughs) but then they'd be older and i'd be like you don't really have a say once they're you know 18 or out of you know college or whatever so it's just hoping that they will take what you have to say like listen to what you have to say yeah well let's say like after this podcast some youngin approaches you and they're like I'm actually really interested in this field. Like, what is a piece of advice you would give to them? The piece of advice that I would give to them is to stay, don't stay true to who you are and don't compromise your, your moral compass Mm -hmm. for a role or for Mm -hmm. a job. And that might mean there are going to be a lot of jobs you don't get or a lot of roles you don't get. Mm -hmm. But then that it wasn't meant to be. Stay the course. Don't sacrifice who you are. If they're if they're believers, Christians, don't sacrifice yeah. your Christianity, your belief, your faith for promises of stardom. Because really, in reality, 
only a very small percent of people actually make it to be, you know, famous, Mm -hmm. famous, famous Broadway stars or opera stars. Mm -hmm. It's like it's like like one percent of, you know, college high school and college athletes will actually make it to NFL. It's the same thing. Yeah. But only a very small percent will go on to be the, you know, Christian Chenoweths or the Leah Michelles or, you know, the other. This is how much I don't know opera that much anymore. But, mm-hmm. the, you know, the Luciana Pavarotti's yeah, yeah. and all that. It, it's a very small percentage. You yeah. can you can eke out a decent living. But nowadays in this economy, you know, it's going to be hard. So. Yeah. Be prepared for it to be hard. But if that's what you feel like God is leading you down that path, give it a try. But stay the course of who you are, your faith, and what you know is right and wrong. Yeah. And, you know, I feel like that can honestly apply for anyone in anything in terms of career, right? Mm -hmm. Because there's plenty of – it's just different types of – I guess, lack of better word, temptations that come your way in careers um, as a Christian, like in life as a Christian. So that's, I think, you know, very, it's solid, awesome advice. Like, I'm going to think of that for myself a lot, too. Yeah. Um, And so wrapping ourselves up, time has flown by. Yes. Um, We would like to ask the classic question of who in... CCPC, would you say, has influenced your spiritual walk? Oh, that's a good question. Who has influenced my spiritual walk? Well, I mean, at the risk of sounding corny or it being like a typical, but Palby, mm-hmm. Pastor Albert, um, has been a huge um What's the word I'm looking for? Influence on on my walk, um, mm-hmm. on sort of kind of bridging my my faith with with praise and how that kind of works. Um, he's his like when I see his graciousness and his kindness and how he's always just so upbeat and I see how people like kind of like gravitate toward him and he's just always so like centered in his faith I was like wow I kind of want to be like <laughs> I was like that's pretty awesome um and another one and I probably haven't told her this and I probably should is Wagen. she um is just this I met her i always known her kind of throughout the church, but I really kind of got to know her a little bit better um, when I was on the missions team, the short-term missions team last year, which Mm -hmm. I didn't get to go. I'm so sad. I'm on the team with her this year. And so like I'm getting to know her more and more as the weeks go by. And her just like, hey, come to this prayer meeting that I'm having or just this woman has just such an amazing steadfast, steadfast faith. That I'm like, I am in awe of how it's just never, it seems, I mean, no, nobody knows, everybody I think has moments, but it just always seems so steadfast. And I love her passion for prayer because mm-hmm. I actually am really, really bad at prayer and setting aside, setting aside time to like just sit and pray. Mm-hmm. I think part of that could be my ADD. <laughs> <laughs> just sitting like quietly and I find myself praying like when I'm in the car, mm-hmm. when I'm doing the dishes, I have to almost like feel like I'm doing something else, like some my, mindless task mindless that task. is tangible and then you can get your brain to focus on the prayer. Yes. But just sitting in a quiet room and like closing my eyes and trying to pray is very, it, i find it very hard to focus because mm. then my mind starts pinging yeah you know in different directions but um she inspires me to like kind of really be better about um my prayer yeah and my and devoting more time to that mm-hmm. I would definitely agree with that yeah. yeah yeah I've seen it I've seen it even before I was getting to know her mm-hmm. and so these past few weeks being on the team with her um yeah, I'm excited for to see what's to come and get 
closer with everyone there too. Mm-hmm. Well, folks, that's a wrap. Thank you so much, Christina, for Thank joining you. us. It was awesome to hear about your opera experiences. Yay. And I had such a great time. It was amazing. Thank you so much. And we'll see everyone on Sunday. Thank you. Thank you.